0: Every team, every topic,
1: everywhere, this is Believe. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all your best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50%. Just use our promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. PerfectVille. Perfect. Welcome to PerfectVille, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Sam Marku, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Damn it, doctor. How in the hell are you, my friend?
0: Better than you are to
1: start this thing. (laughs) Christ! Just so everybody knows, this is now the fourth time I've had to do the intro. The intro that we've been doing for over six years on some level. Um, Forgot to hit record, first and foremost. And then messed up the intro after that. Yeah, you're
0: trying to do a weird deep voice, like a new no, no. That'd be like me saying later at the end of the show.
1: Well, here's here's why I did change it up after that first one is because I could see you in the camera kind of like kind of rhythm rhythmically bobbing your head to my intro. And I went, Oh, this is becoming a cadence. He understands, you know, you 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 know how long that goes and when you have to talk. So you were just dancing to it. And uh I, I wanted to change it up. But what that did is it fucked me all up, Chris. I uh I had no rhyme or reason after that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of fucked up um, Twitter sources, they're (laughs) fucked up. I know we're going to get into that, but man, Simon Clancy had a great tweet. He said a bad week for uh, Twitter insiders. I mean, it's just not been good as far as who knows what and where and who's coming to the the team to be the next head coach. So this is going to be interesting to get into.
1: Who would have thought that a toxic social media platform site would uh, would cause people to come up with fake names and or fake news on top of it? But yeah, we're going to talk about Dolphins Twitter and really just the lack of actual sources that are out there. Um, I put out a tweet the other day there, Chris, that basically said, so the timeline over the last couple of weeks in terms of the front runner, the favorites for the Miami Dolphins head coaching job has jumped from... Brian Dayball, to Vance Joseph, to Mike McDaniel, to Thomas Brown, to Chris Cullen, to Chris Cullen's son. Happy birthday, by the way, Zach, to myself, to the podcast itself was going to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Back to Brian Dayball. It's just nobody knows anything. That's what I have learned from Dolphins Twitter over the last week here, Chris. Nobody knows anything.
0: Now I want us to get the head coaching job as a podcast. That way we can do our joint press conference with our Round A. Bagston Bags over our heads, and they—no one knows what we look like. We're like the Daft Punk of NFL co- coaches.
1: I mean, let's just rethink the whole thing. Instead of meeting with the media, we could just go on our Twitter Spaces and hold press conferences there with the uh, with the fans. Imagine like the podcast is the head coach, and we just lose thirty-three to nothing because it's a podcast and actually doesn't have any thought. And then we just go on there on a Twitter spaces and just, just get shellacked every single day, every single week by the, by uh, you know, raced and, you know, Don Shula's dong or whatever the freaking Twitter handles are out there <laughs> these days. I, uh, I think I would, I would like that. I think the fans would like that. The citizens of Perfectville would certainly like that.
0: Yeah. It might not be that good. Cause then all of a sudden there's even more sources on Twitter and where the people they're coming to. And we're like, you want to find out who's uh, on the injury report? Join us on our Twitter space.
1: Yeah, we can bring back the fingery report like we used to do in the old early days of the Miami Dolphins. Welcome to Perfectville podcast. Uh, but you know what we do know is that the Miami Dolphins still do not have a head coach. Uh, we also know, thanks to Ian Rappaport, a guy who has sources, that uh, it appears that the second round of interviews, so people that have moved on to the next round, um, a few of the names that are out there, Brian Dayball, no surprise there, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, Mike McDaniel. No S uh, offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers still playing. And of course, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Dan Quinn staying in Dallas as a defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, not on that list. And everyone thought he was the head coach a couple of days ago. Uh, Thomas Brown loves him. Yes, yes. uh, He loves him so much that he didn't invite him back for a second round, according to some sources, and then, of course, uh, Thomas Brown, who I think is the run game coordinator slash uh, assistant head coach for the Los Angeles Rams. They're a little busy this week, too. Uh, we're not seeing their names on there. doesn't mean that they're not a part of that, but uh, the three names that at least we're seeing right now, Chris, Brian Dayball, your guy, Mike McDaniel, your guy, Kellen Moore, nobody's guy. Uh, what do you make of the finalists here of these three? And is this it, or do you think there's a dark horse candidate that we're not aware of yet uh, that might also be talking to Stephen Ross, Chris Greer, and the Miami Dolphins front office?
0: Well, I tweeted this right before a couple hours before we started recording this. And I said, if it's Brian Dable, um, you've hired him already because you already interviewed him. He has nothing to do. He's not playing or coaching. And you you bring him on and get started for the senior bowl and and getting staff together and scouting and getting a plan with Chris Greer, where we're going to go in the draft, what we're going to do with free agents. But we didn't. And uh, we're waiting till next week, meaning also we're not in fear that he's going to go to the Giants or the Raiders or the Texans or uh, Jacksonville uh, or now the Saints. So there's all these openings. We're taking it slow. Um, And and in my mind, and this is what I tweeted, that means he's not our top guy or they're they're split. And I think uh, Cam Wolf did say that he said that the front office and people, there, decision makers, just someone likes McDaniel, someone likes uh, Kellen Moore, someone likes. Uh, uh, Dable, but uh, my thing is, is they're all offensive guys. McDaniel is skinny and a nerd, Kellen Moore is skinny and eight years old, and Dable is fat. So, based on what we do here, it's clearly uh, Brian Dable. So, welcome, welcome to Perfect Bill.
1: Well, I see, I, you know, I'm, I'm in th- I, my theory is that a fat coach is the right coach to go. So, Brian Dable out of those three makes the most sense, puddin tits. and uh, puddin tits, everything. But, uh, here's the thing you, you mentioned Mike McDaniel, skinny guy, he is. Kellen Moore looks like a guy who used to get fat and then got skitty. He's got like a fat guy head, but a skitty man's body. So he's kind of like the weird, disgusting. Toilet baby between Brian Dayball and Mike McDaniel, which means he's probably the perfect candidate for the Miami Dolphins, especially when you call excellent quarterback sneaks with 14 seconds left with your playoff life on the line. So, naturally, that would be the guy that the Miami Dolphins would at least push to the finals. Uh, Kind of a surprising list there, to be honest, because not only are they all offensive minded coaches, which that's not a surprise, everyone knows the Miami Dolphins need. Uh, Help on the offensive side of the ball. So getting an offensive coordinator to help coordinate that game makes a whole lot of sense. Um, But surprising in that. Once again, it looks like Steven Ross is leaning towards a first time head coach. Uh, We did that with Tony Sperano. Uh, Obviously, he was hired before Stephen Ross took full control of the team. Um, We did it with Joe Philbin. We did it with Adam Gase. We did it with Brian Flores. This is Stephen Ross, man. He likes to be on the cutting edge. He's going to get the right guy eventually for the first time. I think maybe uh, whatever it is, him or Chris Greer, they just love that, you know, what's behind the box, what's behind door number one, kind of a surprise head coach sort of thing. Not to say that these guys can't do it, but I really thought that you would see some uh, more conservative Finalist here somebody like a dan quinn uh somebody maybe like a Vance joseph who at least has head coaching experience um and then of course some other names that really aren't getting any run at this point jim harbaugh doug peterson people like that jim caldwell but at this point none of those seem to be on the radar here chris it looks like the miami dolphins are headed towards a first time head coach yet again
0: it's gotta work one of these times, right? Like we have done this so many times now that it, this has to work. I do like that they're going for um offensive guys uh that are young, uh younger uh when it comes to Dable. Dable's been around a bit a little bit longer. He's, he's been in his 40s, of, he's not an old man. Yeah, yeah. Um Dan to me. Um sorry, Sam. Uh ages I'm here on Perfect Bill. But yeah, you know, he's not that old, but he's been around a lot of great minds, McDermott, Sabin. Belichick, uh, all these guys. Um, so he, he would be a great fit. Obviously, there's a whole a connection there. I mean, he was his offensive coordinator. Supposedly, was clamoring for him to play over Jalen Hurts to Nick Saban, um, which he finally made that decision in the national championship, and it worked out for him. Kellen Moore, don't want. Dude, like, former OK quarterback in the NFL – I guess a brilliant mind like you said did McCarthy call that did he call that it just I, I don't know with him I don't think he's ready and I don't want to uh, that experiment's not for me um, it's between Dable and um, and uh, McDaniel for me no less
1: yeah so I Kellen Moore is probably number three on that list of three that we talked about between Dable, McDaniel, and Moore. I'm okay with Brian Dable at this point. I know there's questions about whether he was actually good or not and whether Josh Allen has propped him up. Is he another Adam Gase, Joe Philbin, where he just happens to be standing next to the quarterback? That's really great. I think those are valid questions. Um, You know, it seems like if the rumors are to be true, which at this point we don't know what is and isn't, Brian Dable, it seems like he would have, a pretty competent staff that he's trying to put together. If you were to believe the rumors when he was tied to the Giants uh, job was it was going to be Ken Dorsey as his offensive coordinator and Wink Martindale Don slash Wink Martindale the recently fired defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I like that as his offensive coordination staff, you have a young kind of hero in the Miami market with Ken Dorsey. And then you have Wink Martindale, who is an established defensive coordinator, but there's, there's a couple of things here that Kellen Moore has that I hadn't really thought about until recently here, Chris. And by recently, I mean, since we started talking here on the podcast today,
0: um, that's Kellen we Moore really think and research for proper bill ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, now you'd mentioned I don't really know that I like the fact that he was just an okay quarterback, but here's the thing about Kellen Moore that um, I do like. Before Tua Tungabailo, he was the last starting quarterback to be left-handed and throw a pass in the NFL. So he knows what it's like to throw from the opposite hand. He understands, you know, what that's like. He could probably work hand in hand quite literally with Tuatunga Bailoa and actually show them from the side of the ball that Tuatunga Bailoa throws the ball from. I like that. To me, that's more of an offensive coordinator than a head coach, but I like that little piece of nugget there. Like, hey, I, I get it. I know what it's like to throw from the left-handed side. Um, another thing to consider Frank Reich, pretty good head coach. Doug Peterson, pretty good head coach, Super Bowl winning coach. These are all backup court. Jim Harbaugh was a starting quarterback, but you know, backup quarterbacks oftentimes make really, really, really good head coaches. And the reason for that, you can make the case for Jason Garrett on some level too, is because they study the game like a quarterback. They have to understand the roles of everybody on offense, but they do it from the sidelines. So they also get the idea and ability to see the defense a different way than when you're in the pocket. So Kellen Moore has that value too, where he's a backup quarterback. He understands the position. He understands... The entirety of the entire game from the sidelines and sitting in the pocket. So there's some things there that I think are actually pretty intriguing about Kellen Moore. I don't like that he's 33 years old. Um, I don't like, you know, that he is from the Dallas footprint that has superstars at just about every single position that masks a lot of flaws. Um, so and again, he's number three on that list that we were talking about. But it's I I don't I saw that name as a second interview and I went ew and then I started thinking about it going you know. There's something there. There's something there with Kellen Moore. He's going to get a shot at some point. I'm with you. Probably not with the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully not with the Miami Dolphins. He doesn't inspire me with confidence if he were to be named the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins. But at the same time, there are some things there that maybe work to his advantage.
0: Yeah. To be a offensive coordinator, everything you named is like nothing about that is leading uh, defense, special teams and offense, getting teams motivated to play. Um, get hiring a good staff. Like you said, he's 33 years old. What's going to bring in a, Adam Gase from high school? Like, you know, his old buddy that's coaching you know middle school lacrosse right now. So, I mean, does he have like a track record to be, be able to bring in uh, guys? He, he's going to be younger than some guys on our team. So yeah, like you said, you didn't like the 33, all the positives there. I do like the left-handed stuff. But like I think we're putting too much into like getting the right coach for Tua. Right. We need to get the right coach for the Miami Dolphins, and um, you know that could be Dable, and that really could be McDaniel because of his uh, you know coming from Yale, smart, analytical, breaking down the game. Uh, that could coach different positions, put guys in the right spot to be successful. Well, you mentioned
1: something there, Chris, that uh, it's kind of brings up the next topic. I'm talking about a coach for Tua, and and maybe we're putting too much effort into a coach for Tua and not enough effort into who's the coach for the Miami Dolphins. It does seem like they go hand in hand, though, doesn't it? And it seems like whoever's going to be the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins is at least going to have to give Tua uh, the first right to lose the position uh, before they move on. I mean, nobody's coming in here and saying, Tua's not my guy and getting this job. And maybe that's why some of these other guys – were eliminated. You know, maybe Dan Quinn came in and said, I need, <laughs> I'm going to go get Matt Ryan and and play with him because I don't think Tua can throw the ball the way I want him to throw the ball as, you know, from a head coach perspective. And he's aced out in terms of a second interview. I don't know. So we're talking about getting the right head coach for the Miami dolphins. And I agree with you, but I do think there seems to be some handcuffs or some, some, some ties uh, to that. And one of them is you're going to have to make it work with Tua, uh, Rumors are that we're going to keep the defensive staff uh, as, as close to what we can. Uh, which I'm okay with. Some people are making that a big deal. I don't think that's a big deal. This defense is really, really good. And Josh Boyer's done a fantastic job of, of taking the talent that was drafted and traded and signed for and turning it into a really, really respectable defense. So if you can have some continuity on that side of the ball, that can help with potential free agents like Emmanuel Ogba, Nick Needham, saying, hey, I know this coaching staff. We're not going to change things. We know what the scheme is. We're ready to go and then have your head coach kind of work as a de facto offensive coordinator, you know, offensive game plan. You're shaking your head no, that they need to do both sides of the ball, and I understand why, but I don't know. I, to me, the head coach is going to be inheriting some things, and it's not necessarily a bad thing.
0: I disagree 100%. I think okay. to say, hey, you get the job, but you have to – we're picking your staff for you on one half of the ball is completely ridiculous. I said it on Twitter that it, you could suggest it and be like, hey, meet these guys. And, you know, hopefully you hit the ground running and have some chemistry, because if not, you're already starting with your back against the wall because you're bringing this guy in. Like you said already, all three are first time head coaches. So here they come. They might have had a groundwork or guys that they want to give a chance to to work with. and And now it's like, hey, sorry, Dave. I know I promised you last year, you know, if I ever get my opportunity, you're coming with me to be my D.C., I already have one in Miami and I, my hands are tied. I have to keep them. And then what if they don't like each other? And then you you brought up free agents. Uh, didn't Flores just get fired because he's a piece of shit and the players hated him? <laughs> like I mean, like, honestly. So uh, maybe they hate his staff, too, because he's the one that hired them. And, and we're just bringing these guys in and saying, hey, by the way, you have to keep them. I think it's the wrong way to go about it. Suggest it. Say, hey, these are really good coaches and it's good for continuity. But don't make the final say before you even agree to terms. That could have scared away multiple coaches by now.
1: Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, I don't know that I'm right. I don't know that you're right. I just know that it seems like the one side of the ball, special teams was iffy, offense was iffy, defense was good in terms of forcing turnovers, getting sacks, getting pressure on the quarterback, maybe not so much with points uh, given up. That was an area that I think we do need to clean up here a little bit, but it seems like if you're going to retain anybody, the Miami Dolphins at least know enough to go well. The defensive side of the ball really wasn't our problem last year, at least not overall. It was early; they cleaned it up and got better, um, but it does look like the offensive side is is going to get a complete house cleaning here, Chris. I mean, rumors are that Charlie Fry, the quarterbacks coach that they brought in to work with Tua, uh, sounds like he's gone, which means we're down to only two play callers. Currently, right now, for the Miami Dolphins. So, I by the way, that was great. I'm a little bit terrified about that. We only have two instead of three. Um, But what do you make of like we talked about Brian Dayball, and if he is able to bring in Wink Martindale and and Ken Dorsey, great. That sounds like a fun staff that he could he could work with. But what about these other guys? I mean, Mike McDaniel. I know you've been pounding the table for this guy. I know you're you're starting to fall in love with him a little bit. I think he's one of your two finalists out of those three that you would be okay with at this point. Who does he bring with him? I mean, he's not bringing the Shanahan's with him. Who does Mike McDaniel build a staff around? Because if he's the head coach, he's going to you know, have to deal with head coach problems. If the defensive side of the ball is already taken care of for him, I think I'm okay with that. Mike McDaniel seems like the kind of guy he's going to get along with anybody. So who does he bring on the offensive side of the ball that can help him? I mean, who's the name out there that would make sense?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And honestly, with him being an analytical person and sitting down, he seems to be re- pretty honest with himself and with the media and things like that too. I can see him being like, I need help. Like yeah. it's, it's a big deal. It's a big job. It's a big ask. I'm going to go get a veteran coach to bring in. Um, who who was it? I, I forgot who it was that brought in. Um, gosh, not Andy Reid, the other fat defensive coach. Uh, Ta- Phillips. Phillips. That used to be the Bills head coach. Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips. Who did he coach with? Uh, the Rams, right? With McVay.
1: Yeah, I think that's
0: right. Yeah. 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 So he, he did the same exact thing. He went and went, got a veteran guy to handle that, to kind of lean on. I think that's exactly what Brian Flores was trying to do with Jim Caldwell. And it just fell through, which I think is a smart thing to do. First time head coach, bring in a guy that's a veteran that doesn't want to like step on toes or take over in the future, but he still wants to be involved and have them be the defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator that can, you know, really help with things like analytics and logistics of like getting the team ready for travel, um, you know, who to cut and when and how to, how to, go about it, what to say, the media, things like that. Uh, I I fully expect um, him to bring in a veteran guy. What the name does that look like? I don't know. If we're keeping the defensive guys, sure. But if not, a Vic Fangio. You know, if he wants another one, two-year stopover, make him the defense coordinator, former head coach, um, and, and lean on him for a little bit of things for advice until you get your footing.
1: Yeah I mean the name that I uh, I was looking up here while you were talking um totally listening to you the whole time by the way um is uh Rich scangarello or Scangarello I'm not sure how to pronounce it it seems like a name that's going to be butchered forever if he goes, does come to the Miami Dolphins he is the uh, quarterbacks coach for the 49ers right now uh, and previously was the senior offensive assistant for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, He's on the staff for Mike McDaniel on the offensive side of the ball right now. I could see somebody like him coming to help him on the offensive side of the ball because he obviously has a relationship with him and kudos to this guy. He's made Jimmy Garoppolo look like a decent quarterback here in the playoffs. So maybe he would be somebody that would come to the offensive side of the ball as well. But I think that's going to be the key. What does the staff look like, especially because it does look like it's trending in the way of a first time head coach for the Miami Dolphins yet again. The, f- the fifth time in a row that we're going to have a first timer here, Chris. There's, uh, there's a joke there somewhere. I don't know what it is, but the fifth time for the first time. Um, anything else? What else? What, uh, is there anybody we're missing? I mean, Jim Harbaugh is the name that's still out there. He's he's flirted. He's thrown it out there that he's willing to entertain offers for the NFL. Stephen Ross has come out, as we've talked about before, and said he will not be the guy to take him from Michigan. However, as you had tweeted out to me or texted me yesterday, the defensive coordinator for the University of Michigan just left to go be the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. The head coach of the Baltimore Ravens happens to be Jim Harbaugh's brother. Something tells me those two got on the phone, and Jim probably gave him a going review and said, Go get this guy. He's going to help you out. Now, why would Jim Harbaugh let his defensive coordinator go to the pros if he was willing to stay in Michigan and stay in Michigan? It seems to me that Jim Harbaugh is going to jump. He's just waiting for the right person to call him and say, come jump over here. So I don't completely buy that this is the final, final you know, three for the Miami Dolphins. I still, maybe it's just holding out hope. Still think Jim Harbaugh is a wild card here.
0: Well, and it goes deeper than that. So he actually coached with John Harbaugh first mm. as like a linebacker coach for like six seasons. And John called Jim and said, this guy is a rising star. He should be your defense coordinator. He said, great. He came, they beat Ohio state. they had success and one and done. He went back to John and to be their defense coordinator, almost like he like sent him to Jim to get experience. Um, but I found it weird. And it, 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 it's funny. I, I brought the question up on Twitter. Um, and it, my dad, cause my dad made a good point. I was like, Whoa. And I did the eyeballs, you know, I'm like Jim Harbaugh's defense coordinator just left and he didn't just leave. He left to go to his brother. So like, why would you, you know, Caesar stab him in the back if it, it's going to hurt him at Michigan? Maybe that means he's leaving. That's what I'm thinking. And my dad's like, well, then why wouldn't he bring him with him to an NFL team? Mm-hmm. Well, there's, lo- there's loyalty there. He, he worked with John for almost a decade, went, got experience in Michigan, appreciated that. But his loyalty is with John. And if he's going to give him the first opportunity in the NFL to be a defense coordinator, it makes sense. He'd be like, hey, man, I appreciate it. Good luck in the NFL. I'm going to Baltimore with John. And Jim might have someone else in mind. Who knows? But I agree with you. Him is what I tweeted out when I said we're either waiting for McDaniel to get down the NFC Championship, or we're waiting for an Ann Arbor phone number to call Stephen Ross with the green light. Or there's another name that we haven't really mentioned other than Dan Quinn. Is uh, I'm very surprised, two of these, that we haven't interviewed at all. It is uh, Doug Peterson and Byron Leftwich. He's like interviewing with all these top teams and we're not even like inviting them. Like it, it just seems odd to me and they're both – you know
1: offensive guys. Yeah, I will say this about Byron Leftwich. I'm rooting for him. I always liked him in his playing career. Uh him going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, which looked like it was a done deal and now it doesn't look like it is, would make a whole lot of sense, right? It would be a homecoming to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got a young quarterback that uh you know Byron can teach how to slow down and make a very long motion in terms of throwing <laughs> the ball. But uh, I will say this. Byron Leftwich was the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, If there, the guy behind me is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. How hard is it to be the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady? I mean, do you even have to show up? You can call in sick on a Sunday if you're the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady. So Byron Leftwich has had success. Sure, he's on the rise. He's had this coaching trajectory. He'll probably be good. I am rooting for him. I'm okay with him not coming to the Miami Dolphins, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, I can see Byron left, which we like. All right, Tom, here we go. Third down. We're going to run uh, G right uh, zipper uh, left. And, and Tom just like disconnects the, the earpiece. He's like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. Here's <laughs> what we're going to do. I'm Tom fucking Brady. Like if you're, I, I know there's a funny line from Parks and Recreation with the character Ron Swanson. He, uh, he's at a Lowe's or something. And the guy comes up to says, like, anything I can help you with. He's like, I know more than you. And just keeps walking like that's Tom Brady to Brian, Byron Leftwich.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. it I think they, they had to have played against each other back at you know back when Byron was playing as well. But oh, yeah. it, it's just, I'm okay with that. Jim Harbaugh to me, Doug Peterson to me, these are names that I thought would be attached to the Miami Dolphins head coaching gig. At this point, they're not. Uh, so just going forward, Brian Dable, Mike McDaniel, Kellen Moore. Uh, if you had to bet, not on who you want, but if you had to bet on who is going to be the head coach out of those three, who is
0: well, you just led me right into this, and I love it. And this is why we've done this for so long, and we've done fairly well. What's the difference between McDaniel, Dable, Hackett, who just got hired by the Broncos, and Byron Leftwich?
1: I would say about 300 pounds.
0: Possible. The only difference is three out of the four, right? McDaniel doesn't have a fucking Hall of Fame quarterback, yeah. right? They got, they got Josh Allen, they got Aaron Rodgers, and they've got Tom Brady, like you mentioned. This guy is doing magic with Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. The guy is trying to give away football games. On third and seven, when they need the game the most, they hand the ball off to a wide receiver who just happens to be fantastically amazing. And the things he's coming up with, like there's a play, they had like a a backup tackle in at fullback and literally over to the left and at the wing and pulled to the right, to seal on the outside zone run. That kind of shit is just not – in the playbook at all and they're creating it over there um so if i want to bring a guy in that's a first-time head coach that's young that's offensive-minded i want the one that's not getting covered up possibly by a hall of fame quarterback so i go i would still like mcdaniel dable would be number two
1: yeah any any issues with him not being the play caller uh with the san francisco 49ers
0: um Not really. I mean, I know we have fears after what happened with Joe Philbin, but honestly, we can't compare that. They're not apples to apples. I look at the the way that nerd handled himself on hard knocks. I mean, it's just like completely not a a leader of men. He's not the most innovative guy. Um, I mean, it's just no, I I don't want to compare it. I think calling the plays is a little overrated. Now would I like him to call the plays here? Possibly, you know, especially with the same thing with Brian Flores. I don't want there to be someone else to blame. I want the head guy to be doing it, especially if you're good at it. Um, But, yeah, if he can come in and collaborate with Tua and do great things with our offensive weapons, with Jalen Waddell, for example, hopefully he's frothing at the mouth of what he can do with this guy. Um, If not, he knows somebody that's going to come in and call offensive plays to his liking because he's smart enough to – to correct it or find it if um, it's not going well. So yeah, uh, it doesn't bother I mean, It did, but it's not, it's not going to be the overruling factor why I don't want him.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, I think he's five foot seven. He's, he's a, he's a wee little man. Uh, Mike McDaniel is, he might be the shortest head coach if he becomes the head coach for the Miami Dolphins in the it's league. Stand Maybe on he the ever. phone
0: books, like for yeah. the press conference.
1: I mean, uh, he's going to get in the face of, you know, call Austin Jackson, who's sitting six foot five, 375 pounds telling him he sucks. I mean, I, I'd kind of, I'd, I'd like to see that. Uh, all right. Well, I, you know, we're, we're going through it. It's the head coaching, you know, carousel here for the Miami dolphins. There's some other people out there that have, have filled their coaching vacancies. There's some other teams that now have coaching vacancies that didn't just a little while ago. And, um, you know, there's there's some free agents that we got to talk about for the Miami Dolphins coming up here. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back right after these words. You've been to PatchVibes.com yet? What? You haven't? Why not? Everyone knows PatchVibes.com has the greatest Miami Dolphins swag gear, patches, mugs, everything you could possibly want of any website ever. So what the hell are you doing? Why haven't you been there? Go there now, stop what you're doing, pause this podcast, go to PatchVibes.com right now and go get yourself some nice Miami Dolphins gear. Shirts, tank tops, hats, patches, stickers, anything and everything you or anybody else in your family that's a Miami Dolphins fan could possibly want is at PatchVibes.com. So go there and then come back and finish the show. You're welcome. And we're back. Sam Marcoux, Chris Cullen, welcome to Perfectville. And we've talked extensively here, Chris, about the head coaching vacancy for the Miami Dolphins, but they're not the only team in the NFL that has a head coaching uh, opening right now. They're not the only team that is either in the process of or has hired a new head coach, and in some cases, a general manager as well. Uh, The Chicago Bears today uh, actually hired the defensive coordinator from the Indianapolis Colts. I think his name's like Doug Eberflus or something like that. I could have that wrong. He's done. Uh, is that it, right? I, I, that was like my first time trying to I think to he got it right. right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been watching NFL Network today. I think he nailed it, dude. That's well, good.
1: if that's the case, then... Uh, and if it's not, if that's not how he pronounces it, then he needs to change it and uh, become somebody else. Actually, I think it might be the... Um, Matt Eberflus, not Doug. I don't know where I got Doug from. So I got the last name right. I got the hard part right and the easy part wrong. But Matt Eberflus becomes the head coach for the Chicago Bears. Surprising to me just simply because it looked like Jim Caldwell, um, maybe coming out of retirement, semi-retirement to coach that team, and Brian Flores, that looked like a landing spot for him. That no longer looks like it's going to be the case either. Uh, the New York Giants looked like a week ago they were going to hire Brian Dayball. That's no longer the case. It looks like from all the reports I'm reading that they're actually torn between uh, Brian Flores as well as, uh, uh, is it Brian Dayball, I think, is the other one that they're looking at in the room there. Uh, John Mara, I think, likes one. The head, the new GM likes somebody else. So that looks like a fun type of uh, room to be in for the New York Giants and all their fans. Sean Payton goes into a little bit of a semi-retirement for the new Orleans saints. I don't know who they're going to make their new head coach, but I really hope it's Darren Rizzi. Quite frankly, he's on the, he's the assistant head coach. Um, this guy motivates men. I think he's a guy that you could say, look, we don't know if Sean Payton's coming back or not, but we would like for you to be here to have some continuity with the players and the team. And if he does come back, we slide you back into where you're going to go, or maybe you can get a, a head coaching gig somewhere else. Um, but, uh, What a Houston Texans, I think, still have a a head coaching vacancy open. Raiders, uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders who knows what they're going to do if they're going to keep their interim or if they're going to go get somebody else. Uh, the Jaguars haven't got to the finish line. There seems to be a lot of teams here, Chris, that are flirting with you know a candidate or two candidates but haven't been able to really pull the trigger on uh, you know, getting their head coach that they want. Why is that, do you think?
0: It's, it's an actual weird thing, and Steve Weich had a great uh, response to somebody on Twitter that said, we're waiting too long, and he's like, no, they're, they're, they're not. They're finally doing the right thing by taking their time to make sure that they make the right move. Um, you know, I mean, there's just so many different things in play as far as, far as what you want, like, especially if you're in a situation where the same GM, same owner like the Miami Dolphins, where it's like, how do we keep messing this up? How do we keep getting this wrong? What have we done? Let's put on the whiteboard, everything we did step-by-step step, and let's change this, this and this, because obviously that's not working. You know, it's a definition of insanity. So, um, they're taking their time. Um, uh, I'm worried that they're going to lose a candidate from a story today. Supposedly Hackett was on his way to Jacksonville and then mm-hmm. spooked the Broncos. Cause they waited a couple of days and they said shit and called him at midnight last night and hammered home the deal. And he never flew to Jacksonville. That's what I'm worried about is, is that happening is one of these guys, old the giants, it falls through with Flores and they're like, shit, and get them on the line. And what are the dolphins offering? we we'll add another year and double the pay. We just lost our top guy because we're waiting. So there's a fine line there of making sure you do it right, but also making sure you don't miss out on your top candidates, especially with so many openings. The only saving grace is, in my opinion, where the uh, were the top spot other than the Raiders. Um, as far as talent wise and, and, and everything else going for it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, there's always going to be a pecking order in terms of sexy jobs versus unsexy jobs next year, jumping ahead to next year, the Miami dolphins will most likely still have the same head coach, whoever they're going to hire now. Um, what do you think the job openings are going to be in the NFL next year? So I, I hate to do it, but we're predicting the demise of some certain head coaches in the 2022 season, but, uh, put your crystal ball cap on there, Chris, what jobs come to mind in 2022 off season going into 2023 at in the NFL?
0: I've got three and they're all a surprise. Okay. I'll go in order of what you uh, would expect. First one, Arizona Cardinals. Mm. I think um, what's his name there is going to fall out of grace. Uh, not Lincoln Riley, but um, the other smart white college <laughs> coach. <laughs> um, I, I just don't think he's going to make it work. He's got all the tools with Hopkins, good defense. Um and it's just going to fall out of grace because of I believe you're talking West. about Cliff
1: Kingsbury.
0: Yes. Thank you. Kingsbury. Um, AFC West is just super brutal division. Uh, and it could be adding or NFC West. I'm sorry. The Seattle are most likely going to get better. Um, and then of course the two teams that are playing this weekend that aren't looking to get any worse, the 49ers and the Rams. And if they look too far behind, um, I could see them making a change. The next one, Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. And that is because I, I think Jerry Jones wants Sean Payton. And this was a come-get-me moment from Sean Payton. I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to go to Mexico and play golf. And if Mike McCarthy does not win a Super, Bowl, a Super Bowl or bust, if you don't win, you're gone, and Sean Payton's coming in. And the third and final one, the biggest surprise, the New England Patriots will have an mm. opening. I think they're going to have an off year next year. I think Bill Belichick's going to say, I'm never going to catch Shula. And I'm done. I've done this long enough. I'm done, and he's going to retire. And there's going to be an opening in New England.
1: Well, there you go. That's that's kind of a shot taking
0: it over. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, could see,
1: I could see, that happening too. I actually, uh, I like that. I think that's kind of a fun, fun little um, uh, game to play here. I, I got one for you. You kind of mentioned the name. Uh, of the team, but Pete Carroll in Seattle, I think could be a guy that's maybe on his way out. I mean, he's had success there. Uh, The team is starting to fall apart. It really is, you know, Russell Wilson or nothing, right? If they don't have him, they don't have anybody. You know, Russ seems kind of unhappy. Russ is start, starting to get a little bit older. He's starting to get beat up. You know, I don't know that he's the player that he once was. I could see Pete Carroll going, you know what? I don't really need this shit. I went to USC. I went to Seattle. I won it. Both of those places. My legacy is secure. It's time for somebody else to come in here. Uh, Dan Campbell, I mean, no, not really a surprise. Two years in Detroit. If he can't turn it around with all the draft picks that they have this year, then I could see them saying, "Thank you, Dan," but we're going to move on. Now he inherited a shit show, so I think he gets at least three years. At least he should. But I could see Dan Campbell walking away after the second year in Detroit if they cannot, you know, at least see marked improvement in not only victories but stats across the board. Um, but man, they've got they've got a lot going on there because they're going to have to rebuild with a brand new quarterback as well as some other positions. They've got a lot of holes to fill. Um, and I'm going to throw a name out there that um, I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, but the Chargers head coach, uh, he's another one with all the talent Tennessee. that they have there. Uh, if he can't get to the playoffs, you talked about Mike McCarthy needing to win the Super Bowl to keep his job. And I agree with you. If the Chargers cannot get to the playoffs next year, I think he's gone. They got too much yeah. talent on that Chargers offense and a, a, a decent defense that if you can't make it to the playoffs, you cannot, you cannot coach this team anymore.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a lot cool. of pressure. Not only is it extended, You've got the just second coming of, of Dan Marino and John Elway with Herbert. You've got um, – you just moved to L.A., this L.A. market with this brand-new stadium. Um, possibly the L.A. team across the locker room could be the Super Bowl champs putting a banner up in this brand-new stadium. Pressure would be on. That's a big one. One last one I'll throw yep. out there or they were just on behind you is uh, Bruce Arians. You guys had health issues. If Tom Brady's gone, all these free agents leave. I could see him saying, nope, I'm not going for another
1: rebuild. Yeah, I could see that too. And to that point, I'll just throw a couple other ones out there. One, Robert Saleh over there in uh, the New York Jets land, that never seems to work. They seem like they got another bust quarterback. He might get two years and get out of there if they can't turn things around. Uh, and he's in a bad spot because that Jets team is garbage uh, you know, throughout the entire organization. And here's one that you know, to the Bruce Arians sort of uh, Pete Carroll style of, of maybe, you know, thank you, we're going to let you retire with grace. What about Mike Tomlin? Mike Tomlin with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, he continues to get it done every single year, but Big Ben is gone. Uh, he retired today. So maybe Mike Tomlin gives one more year and goes, ah, you know, I don't need this shit in Pittsburgh anymore. I'm going to take off. saving
0: grace, his luck this year, luck will have it. This year is a very down year for college quarterbacks coming into the NFL draft, where they're going to be picking in the mid-20s, and there could be a really good diamond in the rough, like a Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. or um Matt uh, the quarterback yep cor- that could fall there that they could take and he can latch onto and say here's my young guy that I'm going to work with for the next 3 4 years give it a shot cuz he's still a younger guy he's yeah. just been there forever cuz they don't fire guys after two seasons like the Miami Dolphins so um they actually give them opportunities to build a franchise so yeah that would be that would be the most surprising one for me is Mike Tomlin cuz I I I think it's almost like the Bill Belichick he's going to want to prove he can do it without Ben
1: yeah, it's possible, but I also think at the same time, I mean, sometimes you just kind of, you need to change your surroundings and uh, it might be a, a, a situation where Mike Tomlin takes a year off. So it's kind of like Sean Payton and comes back you know, strong somewhere else, but uh, just some names in, in some areas, to keep a keep an eye out on uh, that guy with the Browns might not make it either. I mean, that seems to be, the wheels seem to be falling off over there as well, but uh, that's just kind of looking ahead going back here to this offseason the Miami Dolphins do have some decisions to make and a little bit of either or we'll get away from the coach talk and we'll talk very briefly about some of the players that are out there either or Chris you can only sign one. Oh, wait we did, we might have done this already but Emmanuel Ogba or Mike Kosicki? <laughs> is you you're in we did definitely
0: do this um but I'll repeat this is that so that way they don't know uh, they know that I'm sticking to my guns here and I have an opinion on things um, Gusecki all the way because our defense is solid and we need every weapon we can we can have so you keep Mike Gusecki because last thing, we need to add to that offense, not lose them a big piece.
1: Well, I'm going to ask you that again in two weeks and we'll see what your answer is at that point because uh, I'm already forgetting the the shows that we're already doing. Um, top three, well, uh, outside of Emmanuel Ogba and, and Mike Gusecki, is there any other free agents on that list? Because we do have a lot that you want to see the Miami Dolphins bring back or think we have to. Nope. Okay, well there's that. I'll throw it. <laughs> no, up I mean really I
0: looked at I, I looked at the list and it, there's not anyone there where I'm like, because you know what? I'm done, Sam. I'm done getting attached to these like middle of the road roster players because they did good for us. You know, the last guy we really did that with is, is Preston Williams. I, I think we're like this guy's gonna be the next big thing. He just needs to stay healthy. And then here he is getting healthy scratch when we got Matt Collins starting on offense and we're bringing back Isaiah Ford. I'm just done latching on to these middle round guys let them walk, find someone else. that's churning up the roster, keep the top half that are superstars and build a boat below behind them. I'm done. Uh, you know, the days of the get Greg Camarillo's and, and Wes Welkers and Preston Williams are over. I don't care about those guys anymore.
1: I'm also wondering if Preston Williams just got into the doghouse that you can never get out of with Brian Flores, and maybe that's why that happened, as opposed to anything Preston Williams might have done. Uh, I would throw my name out there for Nick Needham. I think that's a guy that we should take a look at. Uh, he developed as an unrestricted free agent for the Miami Dolphins and turned into a quite a damn good player. Um, but that's about it, man. We uh, we went through the candidates that, as we know them, for the Miami Dolphins head coaching gig. We talked about some of the other head coaching gigs that are out there, and maybe what could happen in the future. This will be interesting to see how close we get to those head coaching gigs next year. Let's uh, let's put a pin in this one and we'll come back and uh, pull the audio a year later and just see how close we were. And uh, of course, as he uh, told us a couple of weeks ago, he would take Mike Kosicki over Emmanuel Agba, the good doctor himself, Christopher Cullen. Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here?
0: Stop saying you have sources. You don't
1: stop saying i don't have sources but you're not talking to me i know that he's talking to all of you out there you don't have sources you read the source magazine that's about it uh and on behalf of all of our sources at believe podcast at the believe podcast network as well as chris Carlin and myself our sources have nothing left to say other than goodbye from perfect phil